Welcome to the NPL Sunday Night Show, powered by the Brisbane Football Review. Hosted by Scott Owen. Well, firstly, what a surprise Adam goes through a game at Morton Bay. And Adam Pace. I was going to say, I think you're going to say, yep, that's, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Let's, let's go have this one. Your weekly NPL recap starts now. And welcome to the of the NPL Sunday Show on the Brisbane Football Review. Scott, as usual, there's no NPL or FQPL. They've got a weekend off, Adam, but we don't have a weekend off here on the Brisbane Football Review. How are you? No, and if there's uh, football to be played, uh, we're here to cover it locally. So, yeah, only only the uh, FQPL 2 women and one catch-up game in the FQPL 1 men for this weekend, while everyone else enjoys a very relaxing weekend, I hope. But we still got to get across the action as well as uh, the uh, Kappa Women's Super Cup that was played midweek. We'll get into all of that over the next half an hour or so, as well as a little bit of a recap of the first six weeks of the season. But we will get into that later. We'll start with the one game which we did cover on our social media platforms this week. It was the round three catch-up game from the FQPL 1 men's competition between the Sunshine Coast Fire and Surface Paris Apollo up there in Kiwana. This was sixth versus seventh going into the game. Adam, a really important one. Both sides could have moved into the top four with a win. It turned out to be Surface Paradise who did that by two goals. Nil goals from Teddy Watson and an own goal. And one goal in each half was enough for Surface. And it, was, it wasn't the greatest of games in fairness, but it was a really good road performance from Surface Paradise to get the early goal and then basically shut things down and get out of there with a win. Yeah, look, uh, it makes it three straight wins now for Surface Paradise. And after a slow start uh, to life in FQPL 1, they've, they've, they've found their way into the top four. But yeah, look, you're right. I don't think the performance uh, is going to be one that, uh, that's going to sort of you now be celebrated uh, too long. But look, it was a very tough, gritty road win against you know, a Sunshine Coast Fire team that are very, very disciplined and very, very tough to break down. So I think the fact that they're able to get you know crucial goals at crucial points in the game, I think I think that's uh, I think that's a good enough uh, sort of you know, for the for the three points and uh, like I said into the top four for uh, Service Paradise. Absolutely, well, Service Paradise, I can tell you, they are the league's leading goal scorers with 16 goals from their first six games. So that against the Sunshine Coast team, who have been one of the better defensive records, so it was actually quite a good effort to for Service Paradise to go up there and get the result, wasn't it? If given in, given the fact it was a long way to go and the re- defensive record that you mentioned of Sunshine Coast. Yeah, and that, and like I said, you know, we don't we don't want to subject just completely dismiss the hosts. I think they they uh well I think you know they, they lack maybe a little bit of firepower uh up front. I think they they uh they sort of rely on pretty much one or two sources for goal. But, you know, they've got some very, very talented and you know very, very strong defenders and they they are they are gonna always prove a handful. Uh a handful you know, home or away. But, yeah, as you said, you know, Surface Paradise, they found a way. And, uh, yeah, look, uh, a very, very well-earned three points. It was. And it was a very well-earned three points. As I said, they are into the top four. But with Sunshine Coast, you mentioned they had a couple of things. The best was when they hit the cross split, hit the post midway through the second half wasn't, half, wasn't. That was the one where if they had got that goal there, it could have been a different game. That was probably their best moment of the match. Yeah, uh, yeah, Juan James, the uh, aforementioned sort of you know, their biggest threat. Uh, they have um, have he uh, hit, hits the hits the crossbar you know, from a free kick, 
And uh, and yeah, look, if that if that goes in, the, the game probably you know changes you know on its head because it would have given you know Sunshine Coast a real sort of impetus to go forward at least try and claim a point. But uh, yeah, ha- luckily for Harvey Rivers and uh, and uh, Surface Paradise, it comes clattering off the uh, off the crossbar. Absolutely. So that was the one game in the FQPL one men's competition that was played this weekend. We'll go through the table very very quickly. Um, William Wolves and Logan Lightning, a joint top of the table on 12 points. Each winner will sit first on goal difference ahead of Logan. In third place is Albany Creek on 11. Now Surface Paradise are into the top four, as we mentioned. They are on 10 points. Then you have a glut of teams on eight points of the Brisbane Strikers, Western Pride and Capalaba. They are fifth, sixth and seventh, respectively. Then Sunshine Coast Fire, Caboolture, Southwest Queensland Thunder, Southside Eagles and Mitchelton rounding out the table. Adam, we're going to do this for most of the league's over the, over the next half an hour or so, what's the what's your biggest takeaway from the opening six weeks in FQPL one men's? Look, I think it's got to be your Southwest Queensland Thunder. They have no no wins. That that's incredible. That 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 side. They, yes, there is. Uh, I think it's five five draws. I, I do believe I, I five draws and a yeah, loss. F- yeah, five draws and and a loss, and they and they're sitting in just above the uh, relegation zone. Yeah, that, that's probably the biggest shock as well. And they haven't played that badly. And they've, they've played some the top teams. So, look, I expect once they start start finding a way to win games, I think they'll they'll move up as well. Uh, also, I think uh, Albany Creek and Wynnum as well, who were both uh, in uh, FQPL 2 with uh, Surface Paradise last year, you know, they, they, they're occupying 1, 3, and 4 the promoted side. So that's also, you know, very, very interesting. But I think we're still at that early stage of the season where, you know, once things settle down a little bit, I think the uh, the, the standings will take a little bit more sort of a, a uniform approach. But at the moment, it's just fascinating to see sort of what's going on at this stage. I'm going to remind you that now that one key takeaway, not multiple, one key takeaway okay. from now on. But you mentioned, you actually did mention what I was going to have, and that was going to be Wynnum Wolves sitting on top of the table, a team which was battling last year to get that final promotion spot in FQPL2. Um, Albany Creek and Surface also at the, near the top of the standings this year, but they were well and truly clear in FQPL2 last year. Wynnum Wolves had to battle almost to the last day against Holland Park and a couple of other teams to secure that third and final promotion spot. So to go from there to now being equal top of the table with Logan on through the first six weeks. I think it's a fantastic start to their season out there at Carmichael Park, Adam. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and also between them and Logan, who were, um, look, let's just use the word, controversially uh, relegated last season from NPL. Obviously, they've got their sights set as well on returning to the top flight. So, yeah, look, as, as we thought... Uh, FQPL one is go- is very very competitive even after six rounds. So uh, look, one, once you get through, you know, about round eleven or twelve, which I think is when the next catch up round is, I think then we'll have a very clear picture where this, who's going where in this league. But uh, it's it's fascinating even at this early juncture. I thought we agreed never to mention that again. By the way, uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> we agreed never to mention that relegation of last year again. I'm sure Logan. Uh. I'm sick of hearing about it all. So we will swiftly move on to the other major football that was played in the last seven days here in Queensland. But that being the Kappa Women's Super Cup SEQ Round 4, Adam. We'll go through the results shortly. But the game which we were planning to cover on our socials on Thursday evening was down at Coplick Family Sports Park on the Gold Coast between Gold Coast United and Lions. SE. the second of potentially five meetings this year between the two powerhouse clubs in the NPL. This one 
ended once again in the favour of Lions by a goal to nil, a goal from Rebecca Kirkup. We didn't get to see see the game, but I have seen the highlights. It was a nice finish from Beck Kirkup there. Adaman, a pretty good performance away from home from a Lions team, which played a couple of their younger players at the back, but still came away with a win. Yeah, it just shows the depth of lines that uh, that they they can sort of you know rest a couple of key players and still uh, still still go get the get the result in a knockout competition. Uh, look, uh, yeah, I think actually looking back at the highlights on this game, uh, obviously there's technical difficulties that prevent us from seeing it live on Thursday night. But uh, thankfully the highlights have sort of were shown. And actually, I'd actually say you know it's a little bit of a criticism of lines. I thought they could be a little bit wasteful. Um, they probably could have won this by by a bigger margin um, than what they did. So I think maybe one nil is probably flattering towards. It's a Gold Coast United who also had a couple of chances as well themselves uh, from from what you expect their, their top players to sort to score from. So, yeah, perhaps, you know, a Thursday night cup game maybe didn't bring out the best of these two sides. But as you, as you said, you know, we, we know that there are definitely three league meetings have had this one cup meeting. And I'm sure that potentially there will be a meeting in the final somewhat. So five games between these two sides. Uh, I think, yeah, it, I, I think obviously the, the other two biggest biggest teams at the moment in uh, in uh, football women's football in Queensland. I think it gets a couple other clubs that may be ready to, to, ch- to challenge that claim. But at the moment, these two clubs have dominated for the last few years. And yeah, another another uh, close game. Absolutely. Another win for Lions who have been dominant in these fixtures, despite the fact these two teams have been the powerhouse clubs in women's football here in Queensland. The other results from, we'll go through the other results here, Adam, and then you can pick out one or two or one in particular you want to talk about, but I'll go through the results. Mitchelton 3-1 over North Brisbane. QAS 3-0 over Southwest Queensland Thunder. Gold Coast Knights 3, Olympic 1. Grange Thistle 2, Rabina City 1. Pinchula Power 9, Logan Lightning 0. Brisbane City 10, Caboolture Sports 0. Sunshine Coast Wanderers 3, Virginia United 1. Palabar 5, Runaway Bay 1. East 3, UQ 0. South 3, Western Pride 0, and Moreton Bay 3, Broadbeach 2. Putting aside your your allegiances with Moreton Bay United, Adam, for <laughs> a moment, which of those other results is the most interesting to you of the round four in the Kappa Women's Super Cup? Look, uh, I'll, I'll probably go the obvious, and but only because it came up in a bit of... Uh, conjecture, I don't know if it was a bit of a trolling message today or whatever we saw on our socials. But... Uh, Anyone that knows football in in this part of the world, especially women's football, would not be shocked that Gold Coast Knights, who by classification are, you know, FQPL three South Coast beating MPL Queensland uh, Olympic three to one. Uh, anyone knows that would not be shocked, man. So I think I said that. You know what? If if you could actually bet, I probably would have had, had the house on. No disrespect to Olympic, but this is no ordinary. Uh, this is no ordinary side. And uh, you know, when you got a you know when you got the players at the caliber of what is playing for Gold Coast at the moment, I I actually think that you know provided they they don't run into say a Lions or East or Peninsula Power at some point, I actually reckon that they may they could go very very close to being you know, in the last four, or even getting the, getting to the final. I I think that you know I think this is how good this side because look the the core is is this is a team that made the uh, Kappa Super Cup final last year. 
So, you mentioned you know, Katie Kissel, Amy Morland, the captain, and Rika Tano, all from that South United side in the final at Goodwin Park last year against Lions, all now playing yeah. their football amongst plenty of others down there. No, I mean, the Lions, another Knights. one that was part of that side as yep. well. I can't remember if she actually played the final or not, but yeah, she definitely was part of that South squad. So, and, and you know, coached by, by Gary French. So, look, this, this is no, this is not, like I said, to, 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 to go, obviously, the person that made that comment obviously has no idea what's going on, other than looking okay, at. Okay, let's, oh, let's not shame people too much. Yeah, look, but that's the thing is that you know, you'll see it responsibly. The F is this not FQPL three Gold Coast team that you know they got lucky against Olympic. It's no disrespect to that Olympic team. This is just a very very good team. That go on. Um, if I'm allowed to have one more, can I say uh, one more mention? thing first? By the way, yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. a bit like Gold Coast Knights in the men's competition you know, three, four years ago when they were absolutely. playing in the Gold Coast Premier League, and uh, with Gray Pittick and the team that won the MPL men's competition in their first season, playing in the Gold Coast League but qualifying through this to the Australia Cup around the 32. It's yeah. very much like that. Where yes, they were a Gold Coast Premier League side, but on paper they were much better. It was very similar now with the Gold Coast women's team. Look, and also as well, the credit to Football Queensland that they didn't actually be the temptation of just putting them up in MPL in their first season. That they get, they're making, you know, Gold Coast Knights earn their status rather than just putting them in. Because, you know, to, to actually imagine, you know, them just getting... Look, there's probably every argument to say, yes, they probably deserve to go straight into the MPL with the, the quality of talent they've got. But, you know, they're being made to earn it, to go through the divisions to get there. So, look, there's actually probably a bit of credit there. So, look, there's no surprise. And I wouldn't be surprised, as I said about Gold Coast Knights, getting to the pointy end of this of this competition. Absolutely. So, that was that was your standard. So, I'm going to go for the other, the other one, which I found most interesting. And that was Peninsula Power 9-0 winners over Logan Lightning. Not so much the fact that Peninsula Power won. It's more the manner of the win. Like, last year against teams like this, they were beating them quite comfortably in FQPL1 women's, but they weren't scoring this many goals. And I think in this game, both Bonnie Davies and Sarah Diapolonia both got hat-tricks in, this ga- in, the, in the game. So that's the one missing ingredient from last year. They've certainly found at least two players now who look like they're going to be really high-quality, credible goal-scoring threats. And that that is the big difference between power from last year to this. And also as well, I think... Um... The other thing is, I think the standards, there's no, no sort of, you know, as you said, for that re- very reason, he probably didn't have the players capable of that. But obviously, whatever Mick Gallo said at half time obviously resonated because that was 2 0 at half time, ended up being 9 0 at full time. So they absolutely moted over the top of Logan. I think they're just the fittest team. They're probably one of the yeah. fittest teams in the league. So as as you saw against uh, Gold Coast United, you know, last weekend, they, they finished the strongest. So, look, that's no surprise. And they're probably another team that I think that potentially uh, could go very, very deep into this competition. Absolutely. So before we do have the um, regional stuff, an update on the regional um, cap women's Oh, sorry, can of... I just, sorry, yep. I just want one ahead. more honourable mention. Yep. Congratulations to Morton Bay United, 3-2 winners over uh, Broadbeach. Yes, my allegiance but it is to them. But uh, look, they, they are a very, very young squad. Uh, Broadbeach are a very, very good team. I don't know if they, they're at full strength, obviously being a midweek game you know, up in Brisbane. But uh, yeah, look, uh, that, that that's going to be do a world of wonder down to the conference uh, of that young side. So congratulations to Greg Bradley and and, uh, and his goals on, on winning and make it through to round five. Absolutely. So we, we will get to the regional round in a moment. But firstly, we'll touch on very quickly, we'll combine MPL women's and FQPL1 women's here in terms of your one big picture takeaway, because I think we both agree Brisbane City are the big picture takeaway and their dominance in FQPL1. So we'll, might limit it, 
more to the NPL women's. What's what's been the one big picture thing you've noticed in the first six rounds of the competition? I actually think that by the time we get around to probably the next review milestone, I think we'll be talking about a league where it's not just all about lines. I, I look, lines are good; they're going to dominate. They're, that you know and I would dare say that with the window opening up in a couple of weeks' time, they're going to get reinforcements. But so are, I think, some of the other big teams. That, and I talk about, you know, east, eastern suburbs. I talk about potential power. And look, at Gold Coast United at the moment, they're in all competitions. They've, they've lost their last three. But look, you can never count them down either. So I think, you know, at the moment, I think it is a four. I think, you know, where the this would have been very, very similar to what we were about to say about FQPL and Brisbane Sea just dominating and everyone else is playing for second. While I still think Lions are the number one side and still you know, have a fair margin, I certainly don't think it's daylight. So I think East potential power is certainly improving its programs and you could never really write off Gold Coast United despite their recent form. Absolutely. Lions still are the class of the league, but that gap has certainly closed. My big, my big picture takeaway is the Golden Boot winner from last year, Kaylee Poufroy in FQPL 1. She leads the Golden Boot in the NPL Women's with 11 goals from six games. So again, if there was any any question about whether or not she could step up from the FQPL into the NPL, that's been well and truly answered. There shouldn't have been any questions anyway, given she stepped up from, the, from Central SC, I believe it was, a couple of years ago in the in the north, in the um, the um, Wide Bay region, I think it is up there, down here to Mitchelton and FQPL one, proved her quality there. Now is proving it in the NPL women's. She's an outstanding goal scorer. She does lead to Golden Boot, by the way, with 11 goals. And in the FQPL, it is Steph Latham with her three hat tricks for nine nine goals. They're the two leaders. But I do think Kaylee Poufroy's goal scoring exploits in the NPL do do merit a mention. Oh, absolutely. And uh, like I said, yeah, if there's a pathway to show how the progression goes, like I said, you look at you look at Shay Connors, you know, where she's at now. Kay Poufroy is in a similar position as where Shay was a couple of years ago. So, look, the the, the pathway is there. Uh, if Kaylee wants it, she certainly has got the, got the class to, to, to go that next level if she wants it. Absolutely. And speaking of the, the regional zones, we will go through the, the um, Capital Women's Super Cup regional qualifying update. Now, I will preface this by saying this is to the best of our knowledge where things are. If anyone is in the Wide Bay, Central, North or Far North zones listening to this and is is, a, is able to correct anything that may be, may be incorrect, we would be very happy to hear from you at prisonfootballreview at gmail.com. But this is the best of our understanding on the way things are, Adam. Round four, MA Olympic in Townsville beat Brothers by three goals to one. They, are the, they I believe, have won the North, North Queensland zone for this year. Fraser Flames of Wide Bay beat Clinton SE of Central Queensland by 10 goals to one. There's a game coming up between Sandfire Bulls of Mount Isa and Edge Hill United in round four coming up at, at the end of this month. And we believe there's a, a game in the, the Mikhail with Sunday Coast League between the Lions and Dolphins at some point as well in round four, which leaves round five MA Olympic against the winner of Sandfire Bulls and Edge Hill and the Mackay Zone winner against Fraser Flames, and then round six they'll play the winner versus the winner to get into a spot in the semi-final. That's, that, that's the best of our understanding of it, Adam, and it looks like it could be a couple of interesting teams there. Some, some teams you'd normally expect to go deep in this competition, Brothers Townsville across the waves, already knocked out, so potentially mm. a different team coming through this year. 
Yeah, look, uh, Edge Hill, uh, they they made the semifinals last year and really pushed push South, actually, uh, South United in that semifinal. So they they look like they're back. Obviously, they are Kansas' uh, you know, number one club at the moment. There's no dispute about that. Although MA Olympic uh, have been known to, to you know, produce you know, a lot of good young players as well. So if, if they, like, if basically, again, we, our knowledge is very, very limited on the regionals, but we can go the best we can. But... Uh, I do think that yeah, that perhaps that, that that might be where the um where the semi finalists you know comes from. But look, yeah, you know, any team I don't I don't know as well about uh, obviously uh, uh, Fraser Flames as well. Now they they obviously look like that they're going to be the uh, the white bay white white bay sort of uh, the representative. So so yeah, look, we, we never know with the, these. But uh, yeah, it's 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 taking a familiar pattern in some respects, but also as well as you said, a couple of new teams that you know perhaps may may have uh, developed over time. Absolutely. So we'll keep an eye on those regional ties over the next coming weeks, and we'll bring you further updates. And again, apologies if that is not 100% correct. It's just the best of the information that we can define at this point in time. We'll move on quickly, Adam, to the other the other competition which had a full round this week, and that was FQPL two. Women's, the, the results are Ipswich Knights 2-1 winners over Grand Sissel, 2 Gosman Kate Day there for Ipswich Knights. Uh, Caboolture 2-0 over The Gap. Annalee and North Brisbane played out a nil-all draw. Malkovat and UQ played out a, a one-all draw. And Pine Hills and North Lakes are still playing at the time of recording. And that leaves the table as such, Adam, if I can have a very quick look at it. Ipswich Knights jumped to the top of the table on 10 points. They had a North Lakes on 9 North Brisbane 8, Malkovat 7, Caboolture 6, UQ 4, Annalee 4, Grain Sissel 2, Gap 1, Pine Hills 0. And there's still potentially three points to be added to UQ or Pine Hills, Adam. Uh, yeah, I'm just looking at seeing if there is a, up, a result update. Uh, no, it hasn't come, uh, hasn't come through yet. So We'll put that on our socials yeah. when we get it. Yeah, yeah, look, yeah, like I said, we've still got, if you look at our socials, we have our Sunday night uh, results wrap up, so we'll include it in that. Absolutely, and look, very quick look at the golden boot in the FQPL2 women's, and Natasha Ridley has extended her lead in that competition now with seven goals over the first month or so of the season. So that is all the action on the field, I believe, Adam, over the last seven days in Queensland football. We will wrap up over because there has been one breaking news story in the NPL men's competition in the last week, and that is the first coaching change of the new season. And it was announced on Saturday afternoon from the Brisbane Raw that they wish to advise that NPL head coach Chris Grossman has resigned as the head coach to pursue other opportunities. Now, obviously, Chris has been in, involved with the Raw as a player and a coach for a long period of time, done an outstanding job with that Raw Academy, hasn't he? And he leaves it in a really, really good space. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, look, uh yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate that you know in a way that it, that his time has come at uh, at the uh, Brisbane Royal Academy. We we understand that it's for a, another opportunity, as as was mentioned in in that story. Well, that's so what I'll be framed it as. So we'll have to go with that. Yeah. So look, I'll be very very interested to see what is the next uh, excited for him. But look, uh, he, he uh, I think what we with with Chris, I think it's a case of I think he's done an exceptional job. You know, you know, in that space, you know, to take the young Raw to second in 2021, that I, I don't think it's stated enough, and he's given enough credit about what a monumental um, achievement that that was. You know, to take that young squad to get to second in the league, uh, 
Uh, it, it's, like I said, obviously, you know, a number of those young players have gone on, you know, to have, you know, you know to play professionally, you know, be it, be it, you know, with the Raw or elsewhere. But I think that's, that's an amazing achievement because, like I said, with, you know, with the case of, you know, with, with Chris and the, whichever, whoever goes on to coach that, they, they are they are restricted to, you know, to the, then they're not, they're not employing their own philosophy or have their own style. They've got to fit in what the club wants. Because at the end of the day, while they do play competitively, they play for points in, in the MPL, their philosophies, their style, who they, the players are dictated by the professional club and what the A-League club, the senior side, wants. So the fact that he was able to get the best out of those players, you know, obviously adopting a philosophy that was not his, um, I think I think was you know I think shows that you know, he's an excellent man manager. And look, if you read the if you read the uh, comments, you know, in in that post, obviously you know, it's unanimous. You know, from from those that who know him, who have you know, coached with him, against him, know of his coach prowess. Obviously, that you know, he's very, very highly regarded. So, look, you know, congratul- congratulations to him on a um, on a, you know, a marvelous achievement at the Raw. And look, we look forward to what he has next. Absolutely, echo all those sentiments. He's done an outstanding job at the Raw Academy. They also did announce that um, Owen Baker, the under 23s coach, and his assistant Graham Fife will be taking over in an interim capacity until they work out who is going to be the long term successor to Chris Cross. And we should look at Chris's tenure in the Raw because he was there for. Quite a number of years, Adam, and the high high watermark would have been the MPL semi-final where they played against Olympic and unfortunately went down on that occasion. But that was the high watermark of a of a of a time where he brought through a lot of young players. You think about some of the young players who've made their way to, in the Roar in the, in the A League in the last twelve to twenty four months. Players like Alex Parsons, Cyrus Demi, Keegan Yelichich, players like this. He had a really big influence on in their development as young players, getting them into the first team, even players like Diesel Harrington, who didn't make it to the first team at the Brisbane Raw, but was good enough to get scouted and picked up by a club overseas. So he's done that. I think it's about 20 old players under mm. under Chris's under Chris's time at the club who've who've gone on to to play or earn a professional contract, earn a professional contract or play a professional game, which is quite an astonishing record. Yeah, that's and that's all you can ask. That's all you can ask. At the end of the day, the remit of the academy head coach is to produce players, you know, for the next level, which is professional football. So, so yeah, look, he's he's done everything he can. It, as I said, it will be very very interesting now that you know whatever the next job is, whether that we we then start to find out what Chris Grossman is as a coach, what he believes, what his style is, because you know he he's been very very limited to what he can do, can and can't do at the Raw because of the way of the academy setup. So look, I, I'm very very excited to see you know, what what is ahead of him as, as as a coach, but also as well, like I said, you look back, you know his his legacy as far as you know what he's done for the last three years has been um has been pretty remarkable. Absolutely. He leaves the Raw currently sitting mid-table in the MPL men's competition with two wins from their first six games over the course of the season. Quickly, before we do wrap up, Adam, we won't go through the FQPL too, but we will go through the MPL men's competition. The one big picture thing that you've noticed in the first six weeks of the competition. Uh, look, I think I think it's uh, the, the, fall, the fall from grace of Olympic and Peninsula power. I think that's uh, very, very shocking. Um, sort of turn of events. I think that you know both sides have got very, very good rosters. It just has not, is just not sort of um, 
sort of come up for him. I think that yeah, for for whatever for whatever reasons, that yeah, it's not um it's not happening for him. And yeah, look, I think it's uh, for two clubs that have dominated you know, in the top four of of MPL for the last you know, number of years. I certainly know with potential power, they're a club that not are not used to not winning. So they'll be interesting to see how they react. Olympic as well, uh, five grand final appearances in a row. If they want to make it six, they need to get hopping very, very soon because uh, before the season really sort of, you know, gets away from them. So you've taken the bottom bottom end of the table and I'm absolutely stunned that you have because looking at the top end of the table, yes, Gold Coast United have been outstanding over the course of the first six weeks of the season. They've beaten Lions away from home, beaten Gold Coast Knights away from home. But Morton Bay United, their resurgence this year under Cam Miller, a lot of people had question marks over how they were going to go this year. They've been off to a fantastic start this year. So to see teams like like that at the top and really challenging this year, I think that underlines just how close this year this season actually is. I think it's a really, really even league. That's like, that's actually my big picture takeaway. It's just how even this league is. There hasn't really been any games that you can say have been a real blowout or like massive massive result one way or the other. It's been really, really even games. Probably a bit more. More conservative, a bit lot more lower scoring games as well, which it always naturally induces the fact it's going to be a lot tighter. But that's my big picture takeaway: is just how even the league is over the first six weeks. Well, the standard between Team One at the moment and Team Twelve, and that being uh, me, Morton Bay United in one. Oh no, sorry, Gold Coast United. Gold Coast United is in one. Yeah, well, sorry, Gold Coast United in one, and uh, and uh, and Peninsula Power at number twelve. On paper, there's not much. Yeah, there's not much difference between those those two sides. Even you now the size that we sort of thought on paper, the likes the likes of a Redlands or likes of a Rochdale, you know, East, they they are still very very good squads. So look, it's going to be a case of you know who takes their chances, who keeps their squad fit is what's going to determine this this league. And like I said, you know, when you got a club like Pinchel Power at the bottom of the ladder. That just shows, you know, that the quality of this league. So we'll see what happens in, you know, in, in six weeks' time when we do our sort of our our mid-season review. But uh, yeah, look, I think I think it's it's been it's been uh, great a great league to to watch and uh, the the drama. Absolutely, completely full of drama, and that drama will continue next weekend, Adam, when the NPL men's competition resumes. But before that kicks off, we will move on to our final segment, our performer of the week. What do you have for us this week? Uh, look, it's very obviously with only one game on, we're very, very limited in who we uh, who who we could give it to. And look, the the temptation would have been to give it to Teddy Watson, but you know what? He's won it so many times. It's almost we're almost going we're almost going to rename the Teddy Watson Performer of the Week award. So we won't go there. We I'll actually give my Performer of the Week to uh, Kate Day from Ipswich Knights. Uh, FQPL two women, two goals uh, against Grange on Friday night, and she can have my performer of the week absolutely so you've gone with that i will also not be going with teddy watson not nothing against teddy but there were weeks where he scored three and four goals where he didn't get it so we can't give it to him when he gets <laughs> one goal i'm gonna go a bit left field in a game which we were going to cover and unfortunately weren't able to due to technical difficulties that you mentioned the two young goalkeepers from gold coast not gold coast united and lions sc emily clark of lions and layla adams of Gold Coast, you know, two young players making, I believe, their first or second appearances did pretty well, according from all reports, in in goal for their respective sides. So, two young players making their making a, a big first up appearance. I'll give them joint winners of performer of the week. 
Yeah, uh, look, just on Layla Adams as well, I saw a play against uh, Peninsula Power live uh, last week. And look, if there's one thing I'm very, very, I can say about her is that she's fearless. I know a couple of times that you know in that game at AJ Kelly Park, she was she was going in, coming off her line, and really you know going in. So that, that's a very very good sign for a young keeper. And obviously Emily Clark uh, for for Lions, uh, she she uh, was part of that you know double winning under twenty three side. So the good good uh, that Rob Askew gives her an opportunity. And what was actually an important game as well. Uh, like yeah, you know, I know it's a round four of the Capital Super Cup, but to, to give her that responsibility against a dangerous side like um, Gold Coast United, uh, look, obviously he he and the uh, coaching staff there have got a lot of confidence in her. So uh, to keep that clean sheet first up, you know, well done to her. Absolutely. And as we've seen in the last seven days, Queensland does produce really good goalkeepers. Just look at the national team during the midweek and also the national league finals during the weekend, you'll see two excellent Queensland goalkeepers on show. And there's plenty more out there. And who knows, these two young young goalkeepers may very well be the next couple coming through. Adam, thanks for joining me once again. Yep, thank you and good night. We'll be back next week to recap all of the league action as we get back to a full league schedule. We'll talk to you all then.